Well, good morning. It's really a great morning, and um, I, got, I got to tell you, it's a great morning. Do you guys feel like it's a great morning? Are, are you glad to be here this morning? Because I, I know it's tempting to think that I'm saying it's a great morning because of a football game, and, and, and listen, it, that's awesome, um, but it's a great morning because we have the opportunity to gather together and worship um, the king of the universe together. Look around. Just take a second and look around. Look at the people around you. These are good people. These are God's people. And we have the opportunity today to come together and worship together. And, and there's nothing more important we will do today. I, want, I, I know I say this a lot, but I want you to hear this. There's nothing more important going on today than us worshiping the God of the universe together. And so I'm thankful to be here with you. And obviously, yes, it is Super Bowl Sunday, and that's pretty exciting, right? We like Super Bowl Sunday. We like it more when the Bengals are in it, right? And so it, it's a great day. And, and I got to tell you, I just, it, it never ceases to amaze me how when, I, um, when I'm in the right place and I'm, I'm seeking God and I come into um, a time of worshiping together, like it never ceases to amaze me how God speaks to me and just has right what I need um, in that moment. And so it's a good day to worship together and I'm thankful um, to have you here. And other things happening today, um, it is... Uh, Valentine's weekend. Uh, Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Are you guys ready for that? Yep. Anyone? All right. So, so the uh, um, the other night, Megan said, "Hey, Alex, can you run down? I think I forgot to lock my van." And so she said, can you run down and can you get my keys in my purse and can you lock the van for me? Which, first of all, like sending me to find her keys in her purse is like sending me into the Amazon jungle to find like a worm. Like, I mean, I don't know how you women do it, but like the amount of stuff that you get in the purse and the way that you hide the thing that I'm looking for is incredible. But, but I'm, so I'm, I go downstairs and I'm looking through the purse and all of a sudden, like I open the purse and right there is um, something that I quickly realized was for, she didn't realize she had bought something for me and tried to hide it in her purse and then told me to go get keys out of her purse. So I now know what her gift for Valentine's Day is, which is really great because it helps me avoid that awkward like, okay, what are we doing? How much are we spending? You know, what kind of gift? Now I know. <laughs> and, and so it's Valentine's weekend as well. And, and listen, in February, we often try to talk about relationships and it's bigger than just Valentine's Day or, you know, um, you know romantic relationships. This, this series is Tools for Relationship and it's, it's, it's about our relationships with each other which ultimately is about our relationship with God. And so through this series, we're looking in the, the book of James and we're looking at just um, guidance um, through James, through the Holy Spirit for us to have better relationships with each other. And I wanna remind you, we, we said this last week and I think this is just kind of a good theme for us through, through this series is that our love for others is connected to our love for God. This is important for you to understand. We cannot, as Christians, say that we love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and not love the people around us. The way we love others is directly connected to the way we love God. So that's why we're talking about tools for relationships. Last week we were in James chapter 1 and we talked about listening first, that, that we listen, we hear first, and then we become a people of action. And James says that, that not, we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And then he talked about the fact that when we listen, when we hear, we shouldn't just be hearers, but we should be doers of the word. So we listen to God, we listen to others. 
and then we act and we love others. So uh, a little bit after that, and, and these, these scriptures aren't going to be on the screen, but in, in verse 25, which this was a part of our scripture last week, it says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, those words are coming back today, and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So, so James says, don't just hear, but do. Be people of action. And then he builds on that in verse 27, and he says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So, so James has this clear progression, and I want us to see this in light of what we're going to read today, that we hear from God, we hear others, we put that into action, the perfect law of God that gives freedom, we live it out. And when we do that, the way that's lived out, he says, is we love the people around us, especially those in need. We are called to be a people of action, and that action doesn't just mean going to church, it doesn't just mean reading the Bible, it doesn't just mean kneeling and praying, it, it's not just about those things. We are called as followers of Christ to be a people that love others. So, the outflow of us hearing from God is that we do what God says and we love others. That brings us to chapter 2, so I'm going to have you stand with me, and we're going to read the first four verses. We're going to kind of work through the scripture throughout, so we'll stand for the first four, and then I'll just, um, through the rest, I won't have you stand every time, but um, James goes on in chapter 2 and says, my brothers and sisters, Believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? You can have a seat. There's a lot more to this that we're going to work through, but, but James says, hear first, and then not only hear, but do and love others. And then he goes into this, this talk of showing favoritism. Deb mentioned this in pre-service. We're talking about showing favoritism. He says, my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. I love the way he starts this, and I think it's important for us, if we're going to understand this whole passage, it's important for us to not miss the first thing uh, that James says here. So, let's look at it. Believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the NIV says our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. The King James Version, I think, helps us understand a little bit better. It says the Lord of glory, Jesus Christ, or Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. You know what James is saying there? Do you know why James starts by describing Jesus the way he does? Because it's important for us, as we live in our relationships with others, to understand who God is and where the glory goes. James says, believers in the Lord of glory. Guess who gets all the glory for believers? Jesus Christ. That's who we are here to glorify. That's who we're here for today, is to glorify God, to glorify Jesus Christ. So he says, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, in the Lord of glory, must not show favoritism. 
So let's just start there with that. Um, Jesus deserves all the glory. Our lives as Christians, as believers, should be all for the glory of God. Everything we do, every relationship, everything we do, every, every action, everything we do should be for God's glory, not for ours or for others, as we're going to see in a second. So that's the framework, that's the basis for what James is going to say. Our lives are meant to bring glory to God, the Lord of glory. And, and so here's, he, he goes on and says, do not show favoritism. So the way we view others will be and should be shaped by the way we view Jesus Christ. If we don't give Jesus the ultimate glory, we will be tempted to give others glory. If we miss it, if we don't have the right base, which is the glorious Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to mess up and we're going to show favoritism. So I've got a tool. You see all the tools? It's tools for relationship. The tool today that I want you to get in your mind is the measuring tape. Everyone have a measuring tape at home? Everybody used a measuring tape before? Here's the thing. We are obsessed with measuring each other, aren't we? Hey, uh, Jay, can I, can I pick on you a little bit? All right, come up here. You know, put, put your notes down for a second. You can get back to them, but uh, Jay's going to come up here. Hey, Rick, can I pick on you? Come on up here. All right. I wasn't prepared for this. He wasn't prepared for this. You know what? It, it's okay. You're going to be fine. Just stand here. So I want you to look. Well, he, yeah, he was in first service. So, so I want you to just take a look at these guys. We, as humans, are wired to judge others, right? When they walked up here, you probably already started to kind of form opinion. Maybe you've already formed opinions. Look at Jay standing up all tall. And Are you flexing? No. <laughs> oh, look, at look at this guy. He's been working out, right? And, but we are so prone to judge others. Be honest. When you walk into a room, you start to measure up the people around you. Maybe not physically with a measuring tape, but you start to think, hey, this guy's pretty cool. I mean, look, they're both wearing the white shoes. That's like Christian cool right there. Christian cool. And look at the two hoodies. I mean, did you guys coordinate? It would have been better if you guys would have been a little different. Oh, he's got, he's got glasses. Maybe he's, a, maybe he's a little bit smarter. I don't know. Um, you know, this guy's got a really, well, they both got nice clean hair. Um, all right, you guys can go sit down. We judge people, don't we? We like to measure up. Yeah, you can give them a hand there. Good looking dudes, right? We walk in, when we walk into a room, we have a tendency to measure people, don't we? Uh, you're guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. And... and what do we measure? Like, we are obsessed with measuring people. I'm a big sports fan. It's the Super Bowl today. There's this quarterback that plays for the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow. He's pretty good, right? I've got a friend that, that calls me every once in a while, and he called me, and, and he said, hey, what about that Joe Burrow? And I said, yeah, Joe's, Joe Burrow's awesome. And he's like, well, how do you think he compares to Tom Brady? And how do you think he compares to Mahomes? And how do you think he compares to... And we love to measure people up just to know how good we are and to know where we stand, right? We, we measure people up. We, we measure each other. When we walk into a room, we're always looking at people and thinking, okay, I think this about them. And, and, and James tells us, do not show favoritism. See, it's problematic for us to do what I just did with Jay and Rick and to bring them up and to start formulating opinions based on what we see or what we've seen from them. 
It's problematic for us. James says, don't show favoritism. The truth is, when you start to judge others by what you see, you will form opinions and you will show favoritism. And it's problematic for the believer for several reasons. Let's start with this. Number one, the first problem we have is when we judge others, when we measure others, we fall into the trap of idolatry. Now, idolatry is a, it's a churchy word. It's especially a lot in the Old Testament. But, but let me tell you what I mean by idolatry. James says that we are to, to believers in the glorious Lord, the Lord of glory. I said it earlier. Our lives are be, to be all for the glory of God. When we start measuring each other, we can get into the habit of letting each other take the place of where God should be. We start ascribing glory to others or to ourselves instead of where it really should go, which is to God. That's idolatry. So one problem with judging each other is we can start to idolize each other. And we start to look at each other and we say, well, well, that guy's really cool. I mean, he's wearing white shoes and he's Christian cool, so I should hang out with that guy. You know, um, there's a saying in, in the business world that the, the five people that you spend the most time with, those people will show you what you're going to become. So there's people that would say, make sure you hang out with successful people because they will help you be more successful. That, that's what we're talking about here is this like favoritism, this judging people based on what we see from them. And we do this all the time. We idolize people, don't we? We idolize famous people. I mean, think about it. If, if your favorite person came in right now, your favorite celebrity came in and just sat next to you, how would you handle that? Would you be able to listen to a word that I'm saying? You guys know I'm a big Shaquille O'Neal fan, right? I mean, imagine like if he just walked in here and stood next to me. Number one, there would be a lot of measuring up and I would, I would be pretty small. Um, but, but I mean, we tend to idolize famous people. We tend to idolize athletes. I remember a, a few years ago, a few friends and I went to see this basketball player. His name's Luke Kennard. He's from just north of here. And he was a high school basketball player, really good basketball player. We went up to see a high school basketball game. We go in the gym, we're watching the game. I mean, he was really good. But after the game, it just blew my mind that there was a line of grown men standing waiting to get an autograph from an 18-year-old kid who was a high school basketball player. I mean, you guys remember when LeBron James was like, that was, some of you remember, some of you are too young for that. But, but I mean, we, we can idolize people. And it, it just struck me that night as I'm sitting in a high school gym and I'm watching grown men wait in line to get an autograph, a signature from an 18-year-old kid. Now, he, he's a good basketball player. He plays in the NBA. That's great. There's nothing wrong with signatures, by the way. But we can idolize other people. You know that we have a problem in our culture of idolizing pastors? I know that you guys don't, and that's all good. <laughs> Thanks for not idolizing me. It's really great. I try to help as much as I can with that. But, but there really is this thing. I mean, celebrity pastors are a thing these days. And, and there, there are pastors all over the world that are idolized for how they can speak and how they lead. And we get in this mode where we start to think, oh, that person, I mean, I mean, they're just, they're just great big. They're awesome. And we measure them up and we fall into the trap of idolizing and glorifying people. Listen to me very carefully. Pastors should not be idolized. They should not be idolized. 
It should not be about me or anybody that preaches God's Word. It should be about Jesus Christ. That's who gets the glory. So I know that you guys aren't tempted for this, but don't idolize people. When we pull out the measuring tape and we start measuring each other, we fall into this trap of idolizing. In fact, James says when, this, when a rich person comes into your room, and this was a problem in that day. That, I mean, it, I've read and studied that, that in that day there were actually shops that would rent you rings because rings were a sign of wealth. And so people would go rent rings so that they could look wealthy and people would judge based on wealth. We still do this, don't we? When somebody walks in the room, we, we start to think and we judge based on what we see from them. James says, if, if somebody walks in your room and they're rich and you say, here's this great seat for you, but then you look at somebody else and say, ah, you sit over there, you sit by my feet, you're idolizing someone, you're giving them glory. Let me ask you a question. Why do we do this? Why do we show favoritism? What's at the core of showing favoritism and idolizing other people? Like if you're in a room and there's, there's someone famous or there's someone, you know, awesome, what brings us to want to be drawn to that person? I believe it's that we are not ascribing God the proper glory and we are seeking glory for either others or for ourselves. Why do we like to hang out with rich people? Well, maybe they'll just give us some money, right? Maybe it'll rub off. Why do we like to be around powerful, famous people? Well, maybe someone will see me around that famous person and they'll think I'm a big deal, right? And we start to measure up and we start to idolize and we make this mistake of favoritism. So the first problem we have is, is favoritism and I don't think it's a mistake that James starts by saying believers in the Lord of glory. We should view everyone according to our view of Jesus Christ. And guess what? Jesus wins. Jesus gets the glory every time. So I've got some good news for you. See, see, we tend to sometimes measure each other based on what we see. We tend to measure each other based on what we bring to the table. I've got good news for you. Jesus doesn't measure us that way. God doesn't look at you that way. Our value is not found in what we bring to the table. Did you know that today? Your value in the kingdom is not based on how well you worship or how well you speak or, or any of the things that you bring to the table. Do you know what your value in the kingdom is based on? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm serious. I don't, if God walked into this room, God is in this room, but if God, if you saw Jesus physically walk into this room, he would not pull out a measuring tape and start measuring each and every one of us and say, I think I want to sit a little bit closer to that person because they're bringing a little bit more. That's not how this works. God measures us by the grace of Jesus Christ. God loves us not based on what we bring to the table, but based on the grace and the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ. That should be good news to you today. Because I got bad news for you. None of us measure up. None of us on our own are worthy of the love and the grace of God. But through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the love and the grace of Jesus Christ, we are judged and I'm so thankful for that. So I want you to hear this. When we find our fulfillment in God, 
which is where we should find, when we find our value in Jesus Christ, we don't need to find value from others. We don't need to ascribe glory to others. You don't need to show favoritism and have idols because you have everything you need in Jesus Christ. So that's the first thing is idolatry. The second reason we see in his story, he says, if a rich man comes in and you treat that rich man better, that's wrong. But then he says, if a poor man comes in and you look at them and you say, nah, they're not so good. They don't measure up. You can just sit at my feet. See, see, the first problem is idolatry. The second problem is discrimination. We can overvalue people as people that deserve glory, No, God deserves glory, or we can undervalue people by looking at them as less than and judging them in a way that God doesn't. And that's the problem with measuring people. This happens to you and it happens to me that occasionally we get in the trap of measuring people by what they bring to the table and every time we do that, we will discriminate against those that we feel are lesser. Let me ask you a question. I mean, I don't want you to say anything out loud, but I want you to think about this. Is there anybody in your life, like in the last day, week, month, year, that you can think about that you saw and maybe you discriminated against in your mind? Maybe you saw them and you thought, I'm going to steer clear of that person. That person isn't bringing as much to the table. Let me ask you a second question here. How do you think God views the people that we're tempted to think less of? You want me to tell you how God views them? through the grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus gave everything, not just for those of us that look neat and, and bring a lot to the table, but for everyone, even for those that are poor and poor in spirit and, and don't seem in our eyes to bring anything to the table. And so James says, don't, don't show favoritism because when you do that, you are discriminating amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. He, he says that you're discriminating among yourselves. You know what he's saying is that when we judge others, when we take the measuring tape and we, we look at Rick and we look at Jay and we say, well, you know, he's got this and he's got, what we're really doing is judging ourselves. Because if that's the way they're judged, and we're going to see this later. That's the way we will be judged. Do not show favoritism. It goes on, and this isn't going to be on the screen, um, but verse 5 goes on and, and shows us how God looks at those we would be tempted to see as less than. Listen, my dear brothers and sisters. Has God not chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? Listen, God loves all of us. And God doesn't take the measuring tape out and say, well, you're pretty good and you've done pretty good this week, so I'll love you a little bit more. Or man, you've just been this low-down scoundrel. I'm just gonna, you're gonna forget about you. God chose the poor of this world to pour out his love on it. And let me just tell you that we're all poor compared to the glorious Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so, listen, 
don't show favoritism. God doesn't judge you based on what you bring, so we should not judge others. God judges us not on our worthiness, but his grace. And if that's how God judges us, that's how we should look at others. We shouldn't assign value to others based on what we see or what we, they wear or what they achieve or what they accomplish or what they bring to the table. We should judge others based on the love of Jesus Christ. I want to say that again. That, that's too important for me to just pass by. We should judge everyone around us by the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. How God sees the people in our lives is how we should see the people in our lives. And so, so he goes on in verse 8 and says, if you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law but yet stumbles at one point is just, guilty, uh, is just as guilty of breaking it all. So it's not just, it's not just bad for us to show favoritism. It's not just bad for us to idolize or discriminate against others. It is, James says, sinful. He goes on and talks about murder and adultery. He says, if we show favoritism as Christians, we are just as guilty because we've broken the law. We are lawbreakers. It's sin. So let me tell you this. I, I don't think that what James is telling us is that we have to dislike rich people and love poor people. You know what I think James is telling us? It shouldn't be about measuring what people bring. Rich, poor, powerful, powerless. We are called to love with the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. The thing I love about this is he says, "Who the, the Lord of glory, when we judge others based on the grace of Jesus Christ, who gets the glory? Not the rich and the powerful, not me, God does, Jesus Christ. That's how we're to live as believers. And so James goes on in verse 12 and 13, and he says, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over Judgment. I want to talk about that because we saw that in chapter 1, the, the perfect law that gives freedom. James says, do not show favoritism. Let God get the glory. Don't view each other. Don't measure each other and assign value to each other, but give God the glory. And he says, he says speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Let's talk about the law that gives freedom. What does that mean? Well, let me tell you what it means. I, I've said this already today, but... When I'm measured by this world's standards, I fall short every time. I can try my best. I can come to church every week. I can, I can memorize the Bible. I can do everything in my power to measure up. I cannot measure up to the holiness of God. But the law that gives freedom is the grace of Jesus Christ that says you don't measure up, but I love you and I will make a way for you to be right with God. That's the law. There's freedom in that. How many of you feel the freedom of that? That, that God loves us no matter what, how we measure. 
I, I don't know if you feel that, but I do because I do not measure up. There are times, man, there have been times this week that I have not measured up. God judges by the law that gives freedom, the grace of Jesus Christ. James says that's how we should judge. So, so I want to I wanna leave you with a picture. Um, when you're tempted to pull out the measuring tape this week, when you walk into a room or when you get up from your seat today and you start to walk out and you're tempted to measure each other based on what you see or what we bring to the table, when you go to work this week, and you're tempted to measure the people around you, I want, to, I want you to get this picture in your head that we are not called to measure by our standards, but we are called to measure by the grace and the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ. Rich, poor, powerful, powerless. We are called to judge by the law that gives freedom. We are freed to love others. We are freed to love others whether they offer us anything or not, whether we can get anything or not, because we have everything we need in Jesus Christ. And so James ends with some very practical, easy things for us to do. Speak and act as those who have been given the law of freedom. This is what I want you to do. We're going to I'm going to pray in just a minute, and then we're going to do something fun together. But, um, but speak and act. As you go from this place today, I want you to take the measuring tape of your eyes and your heart. And I want you, every time you're tempted to measure someone else, I want you to see them the way that God sees them. I want you to measure them through the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. And I want you to speak, and I want you to act accordingly. Speak and act. That's practical. That's every day. The words you speak to each other, the way you treat each other shouldn't be based on what you see in this world or what we bring to the table, but on the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for your word. And, and more than that, Lord, I thank you that you don't judge me based on my measurables because I am a complete failure when it comes to that. Lord, you judge us by your grace and your mercy. And so, Lord, I pray that as believers in you and the glorious Lord, the Lord of glory, that we ascribe all glory and all honor to you, that we wouldn't get into the habit of judging each other or measuring each other, but that we would see each other the way that you see us, Lord. Lord, help us not to, to miss this but help us to love the people around us this week. Help us to speak and act. Help the people in this sanctuary right now watching online. I pray that, that our words and our actions this week would glorify you, that we would bring you glory by the way that we treat each other. So Lord, I pray that you would be with us today. In Jesus' name, amen.